Hurricane Adalia is making waves, but not quite as much as the High Sulphur East-West contract. All this and more on Freight Up. Welcome to Freight Up. My name's Fernanda, and I'll be your host as we navigate the seas of freight and commodities. Here at FIS, we have oil on our mind, so we have an update from your favorite broker, A Smith 7, Archie Smith, giving you a fuel update, and the newest addition to the FIS Spartan clan. Connor Kilgallen will be joining us to talk about our brand new physical oil initiative. Freight Up! I apologize in advance. I just recently watched The Shining. So here's Archie. All right. Welcome, Archie. How are you doing? All good here. Thank you. Good to be back on the podcast. Yeah. I've missed it past couple of weeks. Oh, God. Much. Yeah, me too. It's so good to be back in the recording room here. It is, yes. Feel at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone at home has also missed you. So I would hope so. <laughs> what news do you have for them? First, for a macro lens at the crude, you know, it's still stuck in that limbo of when it's coming off slightly. The narrative is sluggish demand outlook globally, poor oil demand, poor economic recovery in China, US, et cetera, et cetera. But on the other hand, when crude ticks up slightly on the day, the narrative is, oh, you know, OPEC, Saudi, Russia cuts are kicking in, which they have, obviously, you know, that was kind of more, more prominent last month. It's quite sideways at the minute. If you take a step back and look at look at it in a bigger picture, crude is is yeah, it's pretty much in limbo. Just between those those factors, I was saying your supply side worries from the Saudi cuts and your demand side worries from just general kind of poor global demand. So yeah, that's that that's where the crude's not really doing much. I mean, if we kind of scope in a little bit, we're actually higher on the day. I think we settled around eighty four. Or maybe 85, 40, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know it's definitely trading about 50, 60 cents higher on the day today. Uh, and that's because of a weaker dollar. Obviously, all the oil, all oil futures are, are priced in dollars. So when the dollar comes off against some of the rival currencies, holders of that currency have better buying power of that oil. So they're, you know, likely to purchase more and therefore push the price up a little bit more. So, yeah, that, that's what's happening with, with regards to crude. Um, you have a bit of weather news for us as well, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, yeah, not only have we got the dollar coming off, but it's the hurricane that's currently going... Not, not to be confused with Hurricane Hillary. Yes, I, I appreciate the US suffers from quite a few hurricanes a year, obviously, <laughs> as an English person. I don't, I can't really relate. Not but, you on know, the to West these... Coast as much. That one uh, was a bit So, uh, so yeah, hu- Hurricane Idalia, yeah. which is sweeping over the of the oil rich gulf areas at the minute so that's pushing prices up a little bit because i think there's just worries that production won't be able to happen or production is going to be slowed for the effects of that hurricane i'm not actually too clued up on how serious the hurricane is at the moment so hurricane adalia has actually just been downgraded to a category three. Oh, okay so everyone's fine it's just going to be a bit messy. a minor gust <laughs> <laughs> a wet minor gust yeah, yeah. okay yeah but, you know, it's, it's, it's serious enough whereby it's pushed its way into the news and maybe having some effect on price, you know, pushing crude prices up because people are just worried about that kind of level of production in that area while the hurricane's sweeping over. So that's definitely something to consider as well to keep an eye out for. So it sounds like the hot topic right now is the high sulfur east-west contract. Yeah, in the, in the fuel market, it's really kind of been chopping around recently. I mean, it's trading around minus eight at the minute. 
which basically means the high sulfur Singapore grade is trading at a discount to the equivalent high sulfur European grade. So if we're just looking at the front month contract here, which is the September contract, that's trading at minus eight, i.e. the European grade's $8 more expensive than the equivalent Singapore grade and the high sulfur. I mean, last week or about a week ago, maybe a little bit longer, that was around flat, like at zero. So they were by and large the same price. So that's really kind of sloped off the past few days. I mean, there's a few things that can be contributing to that. I know that I think there's quite a lot of supply, regional supply for Asia coming in from the Middle East in the high sulfur. So obviously knocking their supply up. And uh, also I know uh, parts of South Asia coming into monsoon season really cools the temperature. So there's just less utility demand for the, the high sulfur fuel because that, that's quite a big part of, of what that fuel is used for, for, you know, heating or cooling kind of utility, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, like I said, coming into monsoon, the temperature cools, so just not as much of a necessity for that oil. So that's why we, we might have seen the, the Singapore grade slide against the European grade. Uh, and, you know, equally the European grade prevailing still just because of, the the squeeze from the, the Russian cuts. A lot of Russian output was high sulfur molecules. That was a massive part of their kind of oil portfolio. Compounded cuts that they've announced over this year, plus sanctions, plus everything else. Yeah, I think the European market's just really feeling that squeeze and it has been feeling that squeeze for the for the past few months. It sounds like it's something that's kind of still in a bit of flux, so we'll definitely have to keep an eye on it. 100%. I mean, it, that's the thing with the high soil free sweats. It's notoriously choppy. So even though, like I said, you know, last week it was trading around flat. Now it's minus eight. So obviously we're off, we're off eight bucks. Looking in like an intraday lens, it can swing like four or five dollars. So, you know, it could, it could open at minus two, trade, trade down to minus seven and then finish at like minus four. It really can kind of chop and change. It's quite a, it's a contract to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Luckily, we have you to keep us up to date on yes, everything. Yes, I'll do my best. I'll <laughs> do my best. Now it's time for the infamous question. What should we be keeping an eye on in the coming week? I think it would just be that east-west arbitrage, not only for the high sulfur that I've spoken about, but also the gas oil. I mean, the gas oil east-west at the minute is really swinging about. Again, we're seeing you know, like 4 to $5 differences intraday. Like I mentioned, the high sulfur east west. It's yeah, it's just just those arbitrage levels. Just just definitely interesting to look out for. See what's happening in Europe and what's moving to you know more on the physical side. What's moving to Europe or what's, or vice versa, and how that's going to kind of translate in the paper market. All right, Archie. Well, sage words indeed. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. Brilliant. <laughs> Catch you later. Catch you later. Thank you. And here to talk about how FIS is a one-stop shop for all of your fuel needs, Connor Kilgallen. I am in the studio with my new desk neighbor, Connor Kilgallen. Connor, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you. So can you tell the Freight Up community a bit about what you're bringing to FIS? What are you doing here? So the last place I was at was uh, physical fuel oil, so bunker broking essentially. And this is something which FIS haven't been offering before. FIS has mainly been focused on the derivatives, FFAs and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm sat with the guys on the fuel oil desk and we're in the process of converting clients over from 
being paper clients to physical fuel oil clients. And yeah, we're very excited to be here, very excited for the opportunity and yeah, hopefully growing this, uh, growing this side of the business out. What differentiates the physical market from the paper market? So the physical market is the market which is, you know, the oil which actually gets lifted versus the paper market, which is where people hedge themselves in better positions. For a hedge to take place, you need to have booked fuel in the first place. So, for instance, somebody would come to me and say, I need 750 metric tons of VLSFO in Singapore for these dates. And I would approach the physical supplier directly, depending on the client, potentially put a trader in between that. And off the back of that, we'll get a price, give the price to the client, client books it, and then they would go to the paper side. And that's where the paper guys kick in, whereby they can hedge the market for the clients themselves, which is fantastic. So in essence, what we're offering here at FIS now is a double-edged sword. Oh, exciting. That sounds like the Spartan way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like Spartans. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what John calls us. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, um, there's a the thing. I've only been here a week, so I no, didn't That's know a we minor detail, yeah. Connor is very new. I went to university in America, and we were actually the Trojans, so... That's, uh, Switching sides a bit, huh? Yeah, I didn't realize that I was signing on the dotted line as a Spartan, <laughs> but here we go. We will not tell your alma mater. <laughs> yeah. You're a bit of a ball player, aren't you? Well, I used to play football at collegiate level in America. And then, I mean, again, I, it's funny, I've ended up working at a shop which uh, deals with hedging because I myself hedged my bets by going to America to pursue football, but at the same time getting an MBA out of it to be able to fall into both lines of life. You're a, a broker through and through, huh? Uh, potentially. Play it safe. <laughs> are you born a broker or do you become one? I don't know. I don't know. That's the question that I ask myself every day. <laughs> so going back to bunkers, I have a pretty good understanding of what affects the paper market from uh, your BFF Archie, our BFF, everyone's BFF Archie. Yeah. Big up, Arch. <laughs> we love Archie. Is that the same for the physical market or does it kind of react a bit differently to, to different factors? So it's not the same, no. Whereby, let's say, uh, for instance, HSFO at the moment is very tight in Rotterdam, whereby, you know, if you required HSFO for your ship, which is high sulfur fuel oil, and only four suppliers potentially have it, that would then mean that the price would quite possibly be hiked up by those, supp those suppliers. Whereas in the derivatives market, it's very clear and obvious what your price is. Yeah, it gets a little bit more tricky sometimes in what some people refer to as the Wild West of, um, <laughs> of the shipping industry, which is bunkers, the physical fuel oil. But yeah, some, sometimes suppliers can be in like a lot of control. But again, this is one thing which we're trying to offer going forward at FIS, which is uh, transparency in the market. Due to like brokerage agreements, which we're trying to put in front of people whereby they know exactly the price which they're getting in front of them from their broker. They know exactly what price the physical supplier is offering. And, you know, sometimes on the occasion, as mentioned earlier, when you need a trader, we also would be transparent with, um, with the offering there. Because everyone knows um, on the derivative side of things, who's getting what, when and where, which is great. It's a very, like, very, very functional way of doing business and everyone's happy with that is a clear-cut pricing for your bunkers versus people trying to take advantage on certain situations because much like the derivatives we're here for volume we want a lot of volume we want to build good relationships and we want to really improve 
any errors you may have had on your post-fix, pre-fix, just everything involved to do with the physical shipping market. And 10 service. We love the sound of 10, that. 10 service. That's, that's exactly what was discussed um, upon moving here, is that our service has to be what stands out above the rest. And I can see that from the fuel oil boys on the desk already. Fantastic group of lads. Uh, whereby their service is 1010. They always need somebody active, whether it's in their offices in Houston, whether it's in their offices in Dubai, whether it's in the London office, whether it's in Singapore. There's global coverage there. And that's also what we're, we're looking to bring to the fuel oil, the physical fuel oil market. So I'm kind of getting the feeling that the physical market doesn't react, let's say, as quickly to longer term news like OPEC cuts, American oil reserves, etc. What does shake up the the market? What does it what is it very sensitive or reactive to? So it does react to those things, just like um the paper side of but just on a little bit of a slower basis. I mean don't get me wrong, in ports like Singapore, Houston, Fajira, it's reacting very quickly because they need to, because they themselves need to hedge themselves. Uh, in certain positions. But I mean, let's say in Gibraltar, there was an oil spill, which was by a ship. Um, oh gosh. And that was 1,000 to 2,000 litres of, of VLSFO, actually, which uh, suspended operations in Gibraltar. What is, kind of impact did that end up having? Massive time delays for oh. potential charterers uh, or owners. What are we looking at? Uh, it was it was three to four days, I believe, um, which let's say you had fuel booked in Gibraltar for a certain date and you had to wait three to four days. It comes out of the, it would come out of the P&L of the charters or whoever was running the voyage, which is huge because some of these ships, they can trade between 10000 to $100,000 a day, which, you know, over five days, I'll let you do the maths on that one, but <laughs> it certainly adds up. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things which it rarely happens, but you know, the, the backlog on the ships is huge and, and only just now we're seeing ships come out of that. And I think that there's still delays, it's about 12 hours, but it's much better than it was uh, due to uh, the port authorities granting access again. I feel like I came away with a pretty decent understanding of what you've been doing in the, on the desk next to me. So. I have a newfound appreciation for the physical market, and I have you to thank for that, Connor. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. As I said, it's a pleasure. Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. But before you go, I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you could please stop by FreightUpPodcast.com and leave us a comment, a review, or a voice note. We would love to hear your thoughts. We genuinely consider this to be your show and want to make it as useful and entertaining for you. So please leave us your comments and we look forward to reading them. Until next time. Bye.